Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> we, uh, this is real life. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're here. Hello. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, so this, this morning we got some, uh, yeah, we, we, you know what? Um, real estate investing is, 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 we talked about this the other day, is not all like, um boats and and fancy cars and stuff it's no like we still have a kid we still have a six-year-old we still have a dog and uh and and a couple minutes before we got started here this morning um there you know uh, our daughter woke up early and um she's crying because she wants breakfast and uh she wants to come down and she wants to sit behind us and dog's upstairs and he's barking and He's throwing restless. Toys around. He's throwing <laughs> toys around and making a ton of noise and stuff. So he was sick last night. I was up was multiple sick. times. <laughs> yeah, Gabby was up twice. Uh, you know, with the dog and stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's it's um, this is real life, right? And um, real estate investing. You know, your life doesn't end when you become an investor, or when you come become successful in general. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I, I love having this conversation with people when they when they say that. Oh, I. You know, when I, when I get there, I'm going to be doing this every day. I'm going to be doing that every day. And I, you know, I ask, I say, how old are your kids going to be? Yeah. Changes everything. <laughs> well, they'll be, well, they'll be 11. So, I mean, they'll be pretty self-sufficient <laughs> and they'll, they, they'll take care of themselves. No, you still got to take them to school every day. Yeah. You still, you still got to take them to karate class and everything else. So no, life doesn't stop, but, uh, uh I have my coffee in hand, so I'm good to go. Yes, I got my coffee here too now. Uh, wow. Uh, today we've got a pretty cool topic. Yeah, we're talking frequently asked questions that new investors have when they're getting started in real estate investing. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, we did a post on uh, social media on Instagram and Facebook uh, asking uh, some for everyone's questions questions as well. Um, you know, for the more seasoned investors, I, I put a question out there and asked, you know, what was your first um you know, when, when you were getting started, what was your questions that was preventing you from taking action? Yeah. So uh, I think we'll probably just dive right into the, to, or did you want to go over anything first? Well, um, you know what, to be honest, um, I want to talk about the real estate investing cabinetry. Okay. That's coming up it. November 5th. Yeah. I got to make sure that we get that in there because we've had a lot of people reaching out, um, asking what that's all about. Um, that's November 5th to 7th in, uh, in, uh, in Alberta, which is Alberta beach, which is about an hour West of, uh, Edmonton. Yeah. Um, we, we book a cabin for three days and we literally lock you up in a cabin for three days and talk about nothing but real estate investing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's, 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 it's heavy. It's immersive. Um, but it's the only way, um, to really, you got to you got to get really deep into it to to really have those those deep conversations with yourself and deep conversations with, with us to determine what it is that you really do want in life. Mm -hmm. uh, and you need to be ready to have those conversations and to dig deep. If you're not ready for it, um, you won't, you know, get out of it what's possible, which is pretty intense and awesome and amazing. Yeah, 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 you can't just you can't just have a conversation after work or you know on a Saturday with your your husband or wife and say you know what do we really want to do with our lives you know what I mean like you have to you got to go real deep and you got to be real vulnerable you got to ask some real tough questions and, and be challenged you got to be honest you got to be challenged absolutely yeah absolutely so if we spend a whole weekend with you and a small group of investors other investors who are just on the same level who who are ready to to take that next step, who are ready to, you know, to change their lives and build a new routine. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's November 5th through 7th, uh, the Real Estate Investing Cabin Retreat. And it's cheap. It's so cheap. We put it as like as cheap as we possibly can, but it has to be expensive enough that you're actually going to take it seriously though. Because if yeah. it's cheap, like if it's too cheap, then you're just, you know, you're not going to take it seriously. So it's Gotta like, invest in yourself. It's under $2,000. It's 1900 bucks. It's super, super affordable. It's a small group of people. That includes all accommodations too. Yeah. And food and drinks and yeah. all of that. Yeah. So you get to spend a whole weekend with us from Friday till Sunday, morning till midnight. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're, I, you're either going to, you know what? I, I've seen some people and they, they absolutely don't like us by the end of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because we push them so hard 
that's you know some people i'm mad at you but thank you and and we also have people coming back <laughs> yes yes absolutely so you can find the details for that in the show description. Um, we actually, we mentioned earlier this week that Barry and Donna McGuire are going to be joining us as guest speakers. Yeah. Did we mention that already? I, th- I hope I, I did. I think you just mentioned it for the first time. I think I meant, oh, maybe I mentioned it on one of the, the episodes that wasn't released. Oh, yeah. We had some, <laughs> we had some tech. Okay. So guest speakers uh, for that weekend, we actually have Barry McGuire and Donna McGuire. Um, Barry's the the OG um, you know, real estate lawyer in Edmonton, he teaches creative strategies, agreement for sales, rent to owns, joint ventures, fix and flip. assignments, fix and flips, all the creative strategies. Um, yeah, so we're super excited for that. Um, he's going to be doing a presentation with Donna and, you know, they'll be hanging around for a little bit afterwards. So you can, you can literally Get ask all, them your, all questions your questions. Answered, yeah. So if, you know, throughout the weekend you decide I'm going to be doing rent, a rent to own business, you literally have the guy right there to ask your questions. So, and that's, and as well, I mean, Gabby and I, that's, that's actually part of our business as well. Rent to owns an agreement for sales. Creative strategies are our, that's our specialty. Yeah, that's what skyrocketed us. We were stuck and man, that course changed the projection of <laughs> where yeah. we yeah, where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. We built our whole business around those strategies. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can check it out in the show notes um, or send us a DM uh, or an email at info at reimorningshow.com and we'll send you the link. And Wayne, I think we only have a couple spots left. Mm, or where are we at? One. One? Two. Maybe two? One or two singles. Yeah. A couple spots are taken, so there's I think there's one or two single spots left. Um, so definitely hop on that right away. Um, good stuff. Yeah. And uh, good morning to everyone who's watching on Facebook uh, Live. Uh, my Aunt Judy is watching. <laughs> Hi, Aunt Judy. <laughs> and Eileen Chen, happy belated birthday. That was her birthday, I believe, yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Eileen. Mm-hmm. I always miss birthdays. They don't pop up for me on social media. That's not right. Maybe I don't look hard enough. Hmm. Uh, if you are watching uh, live on Podbean, uh, the Podbean app, you know, make sure to uh, send us a message in there as well. And um, you have the option to call in. You press a little button that says call in and you can ask your questions today. I mean, join the conversation, join the conversation. If you got questions, we're right here. This is free coaching. Yeah. And this is really the perfect episode to do that because it's literally frequently asked questions when 100%. you're getting started in real estate investing. So yeah, call in, type them in, comment. Yeah. Participate. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, you're welcome, Eileen. Um, you know, we got a list of questions here, but I, I don't know in what particular order we should go through them. We'll see what kind of other, you know, sub questions come from and conversations come from yeah, these. Yeah, for but... sure. Might be kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, because real estate investing is really a vast subject. It is not. So the questions and like I, yeah. looking at some of these questions, it's like, well, depends on you know like what area of real estate investing we're talking <laughs> we're gonna do our best to not say it depends yeah um, yeah it's that's why that's why we do mentorship and 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 we, we try and get away from coaching the difference between mentorship and coaching coaching you know you want to book a coaching call with Gabby or I you can book it on my calendar it's pretty easy you can book for an hour and I can answer any of your questions you know you can rip you can rip off 30 questions I'll answer them but unless we have context, you know, context of, you know, what your business is, context of who you are, it's impossible for us to offer proper advice. Yeah. So any questions that we answer, I mean, um, we're answering them generally, but in order for us to really know what's best for you, you know, we need to know who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. But we're going to do our best today to not say it depends. Let's do it. Okay. And if you say it depends, you got to take a shot. Of coffee? Espresso. Sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I could use it today. <laughs> I, I, for today, I thought for sure you would have brought a bottle or something down. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, what, what question do you think is best to start with Gabby? Oh, I don't know, Wayne. I kind of, I don't have them all written out. I have some of them on my phone here. So why don't you go ahead and pick one? Okay. Well, uh, one more thing before we start. Okay. The, the tension, the, 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 uh, the suspense. One more thing before we start. Uh, today's giveaway, if you call in, uh, we'll enter your name into a draw uh, today. So we're hoping that people call in with questions today. If you call in today, um, and you know what? If you have, ask a question on Facebook Live as well, I'm going to open it up there as well. Um, we'll put all your names into a hat, and winner today is going to get a vintage real estate investor dad mug, mug, coffee mug. <laughs> um, not the one I'm drinking out of. 
Um, but yes, we will, we will send you a real estate investor dad coffee mug. Um, and do I, do I sign it? <laughs> do I sign might, it? Might come off in the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I at that level yet where my signature's worth something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First question today. Uh, I'm wondering about condo fees. Uh, I saw on your Instagram story recently that you purchased a place with condo fees. Will you keep it as a rental or are you flipping to resell? Um, let me just highlight this question here. Uh, I know places with condo fees are usually priced lower, but we avoid condo fees like the plague. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. <clears throat> Our first purchase was a condo and we had a very expensive special assessment. Um, it hurts. We also just dislike the uncertainty of knowing if the condo fees will increase in the future. Would love to hear your thoughts on condo fees. <clears throat> oh, there's a lot there. Um, first I, of all, to answer the question, we are flipping the, the condos or the townhouses that we have purchased. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, that, that is a flip. Uh, however, we do own townhouse yeah. condos. Yeah. And they can be a really great strategy. If you've done your due diligence on the condo board properly, um, of course, there's always uncertainty. You never know what's going to, you know, come up that's, you know, maybe deep down hidden somewhere, <laughs> but they are, you can get into them for lower, which is great. You don't need as much money and they, you can get pretty good rent. So they often can cash flow really well for you. So if you've done really good due diligence on the condo board, and actually I've, I've learned relatively recently that you can hire people to review the condo docs, which is great. You don't need to, I mean, it's great if you become an expert in, in reviewing them. That's wonderful. You can do it yourself, yeah. but you can hire people to do that. And they dig deep through the meeting minutes, through the um, bylaws, through everything yes. and can give you, you know, really solid advice on it. And that's often what will kill a condo sale <laughs> yes. is when the person hires somebody to go deep and that's a couple it. hundred bucks. Yeah. And just factor it into your budget, just like you factor in uh, a home inspection. Yeah. Right. And closing costs, uh, lawyer fees, that kind of stuff. Um, Sorry, not, I kind of took that over you. <laughs> no, that's a, no, it's totally fine. I'm, I'm not against condos. I think that um, they just take a little more diligence. And a lot more, I'd say. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and and you're right. They do. They do have a few more risks. And for me personally, I'm all about mitigating my risks as much as possible. Anything that I buy, I'm, I'm going to look at what the um, what the pros are going to be, what the rewards are going to be, and then I look at what the risks are. I'm going to see what risks that I can mitigate, what measures I can put in place to ensure that I can eliminate or or mitigate some of those risks. And then I look at those risks and I look at the reward and I determine, is that a good enough investment? It's not always just an investment in, in money or, or capital. Um, sometimes it can be an investment of time and sometimes it can be an investment in um, just in risk. If, is, 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 is the risk worth it? Yeah. Um, and what's the worst thing going to happen? You know, what's the best thing that can happen? So uh, with, with condos, you need to, you know, um, you got to do your diligence, get really good at reading condo docs, get really good at reading condo uh, meeting minutes, um, get really good at, at learning what types of items the condo board is generally responsible for. So you can look and see how much they're paying in maintenance, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then you can go and have a look at what does the exterior maintenance look like? Is it being kept well? Are they doing a good job? <clears throat> is the grass being taken care of? Is, is the grass going to need to be replaced? Is it going to need to be resodded? What's the condition of the, the parking? The parking lots, the curbs, the sidewalks? Are they cracked? Are they, are, are they uneven? Does it look like it's going to need to be replaced soon? Um, and then look at the exterior of the building. So you can look at all the items that they're responsible for, the doors, the windows, the siding, siding yeah. fences, the fences, the gutters, the roof, all of those items. And and when you're looking at those minutes, see see what they're proposing in the near future to, to be replaced. Okay. And then have a look at what you see needs to be replaced. Because a condo committee 
um, they could be experienced. Uh, they could be a really good condo board. Um, but at the same time, they could be a bunch of condo owners, owners who have been there for a while who, and that, that could be, that could mean two things. One, that they're extremely proud and, and they take pride in their, their, their condominium complex, or they're just trying to save as much money as possible because I've talked to a lot of those, um, condo board directors and committee members, and they're like, we're not raising the, those condo fees ever again. We just raised them a hundred dollars, like 30% last year because of insurance went up and everything else. So if they have that type of mentality that they're not increasing condo fees because they're stubborn about it, that means they're not allocating enough funds for the things that are just inevitable that need to be replaced. Yeah. Um, so in the meeting minutes, you have a good idea of, of and, and I, I promise you when you're reading those minutes, you'll see what kind of things they're talking about. Um, just recently, this one that you're referring to, uh, one of the ones we bought, I saw that like <clears throat> they had proposed that some of the properties had um, an awkward entranceway on the front step and handrails, and it was making it very difficult for people to get in large furniture. Yeah, so what move they were move out. <laughs> so what they were proposing is these wooden handrails. They were going to add hinges to them so that they can. Someone can unclick the handrail and move it out of the way. Swing it open. <laughs> Swing it open so that they can get a, a, a couch in for six of the properties. And they were proposing to add hinges to the handrails. <laughs> but you know what? I would have, if I had went and looked at it, that wouldn't have crossed my mind. But yeah. it was like a serious problem because it was like right in front of the door. So you had to like go come in from the side and then go into the yeah, door. It's really and I was awkward. like, how would, so I mean like there's the back doors and stuff, I'm sure, which is how most people now move in and out is through the back of the yeah. yard. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> wow, interesting. <laughs> uh, but the reason I brought that up was because I can just tell that these people, they, they really go deep. Yeah. And, and then you look at the reserve. Okay. So how much money do they have left? What's their budget every year? Um, their proposed budget for maintenance and snow removal and, and all those things that they have, um, uh, sorry, the, the prop, uh, the management company and all those things that they mentioned that they're going to be doing. And then how much in condo fees do they have coming in every year? And just based on their projections and based on what their plans are, is it realistic? Um, and then look at the condo fees and if they're still low, then, and, and they've got all their, their shit in order. Yeah, really healthy reserve and all of that. A good healthy reserve, nice low condo fees. That tells you right there that they have been managing this property very well for the last 10 to 20 years. Yeah. If their condo fees are 50% more than everyone else's around the area, then that shows that they had to increase it to to make up for... Mismanagement. Mismanagement, poor planning. Yeah. Right? And nobody likes higher condo fees, especially with investment properties. Yeah. <clears throat> investors they want to for example let's use edmonton numbers um uh, as an example if you can find condo fees for a townhouse complex low 300s that's really good yeah it's kind of over 400 i mean that's an extra 100 to 150 dollars that's pretty much your cash flow on on a townhouse uh in in edmonton yeah alberta so and that also turns away home buyers as well. 100%. Yeah. 100%, especially if you're flipping. It depends on what we're talking about, flipping or rental properties. But mm -hmm. most investors for rental properties, they want to see those low condo fees. But then you have to look really deep to see, um, do they have enough in the reserve or are they going to be increasing those condo fees in the near future to make up for that the shortcomings? Yeah. yeah. Or if they don't have enough in the reserve and they haven't been taking enough for uh, condo fees, then maybe they don't raise... The, the, the stubborn condo committees, we're not raising condo fees, and then something happens. The roof needs to be replaced, or the, the septic lines outside and underneath the parking lot need to be dug up. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge project. And that is what, what happens. When, when that happens, that's when you get those very expensive special assessments that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and we, we own a condo. Uh, we, we bought one um, and there was a special assessment afterwards. Yeah. Um, we, we went into it knowing that it was going to Yeah, be because that great estoppel certificate um, can be telling as well uh, with kind of like an upcoming project or yes. whatnot. So, 
Yeah, we knew about it in advance and we were okay with it. Um, because they didn't properly plan for siding. Well, I think they knew about it, but some of the um, exterior wood siding was rotting away and it needed to be done sooner than later. And I think they charged, I think it was $4,000 um, per owner, which for yeah, us, it was, it was more than that. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but... Uh, that was per owner and that was i mean that's that's huge when you've got 100 units yeah that's four hundred thousand dollars yeah that's that's crazy to think that they didn't properly plan for that four hundred thousand dollars um so why did we still buy it well we got a really good um seller financing (laughs) deal on it um zero money down agreement for sale so it was completely worth it and we got it under value so adding all of that into the equation it was still an amazing deal but um, that's, that's a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the other thing I, uh, just kind of add in about buying condominiums is that, um, I think if we're talking specifically townhouses, because that's what we've purchased, um, it's a great kind of like middle ground when you're attracting tenants. <clears throat> so you have, you know, like your certain level of tenant that will stay in like a main floor basement where, you know, you have somebody living above you or below you which causes a lot of issues. And then you have like a single family house, which is often out of a lot of people's price ranges. And then you have a pretty little townhouse. It's like your own unit. Yes, you have people beside you, but usually mm-hmm. the soundproofing is great. Yeah. So you're not really dealing with that like above, below. Same thing with like uh, apartment apartments. You have people above, below on either side of you. There's lots of noise. Yeah. But townhouses are like this really great middle ground for attracting really great tenants who want don't want to, you know, kind of yeah they stay longer they stay longer than main floor suite and basement suite tenants yeah um you know i've seen some other investors like arlen dolan for example a lot of people love uh, following him um arlen loves townhouses been doing townhouses for 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 years and um i get it and i've always i've I've always been i've been on both sides of that debate over the years Mm -hmm. on which one is better because again the risks i don't like the risks but if you're good at doing your due diligence then you can find those little those those nuggets those really great properties mm-hmm. um you know and and great tenant profile it's yeah. it's it's again it's not <sighs> secondary suites are fantastic on paper but they are the worst houses with suites are the worst for managing yeah. the turnover and the the the, the, the i don't know it, i'd much rather prefer a townhouse but then you got to look at it from a financial picture as well but um in townhouses, there, there's pay attention, pay attention if you're listening to this, and and watch what other investors are doing. Watch what we're doing. If you're looking for advice on what you know, is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? If we're doing it, then there's probably a reason. And you know, reach out to some to some Edmonton experts and 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 ask why a few people are being drawn to the you know the townhouse market right now because the townhouse market is very low and this isn't this isn't financial advice this isn't real estate investing advice i don't give advice like that but the the property values are extremely low and if you've ever wondered uh, or ever said oh i wish i would have bought that when it was low <laughs> pay attention yeah 2016 townhouses were $240,000 currently $140,000 that is a huge drop and it is a first time home buyer entry level property affordable. So when things do boom or when, you know, demand comes up for new buyers, that's typically where people go. So pay attention to that. Um, we're, we're flipping properties right now and, and, and we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing some pretty good returns. So, um, a little hot tip for you there. Um, so condo fees, I think they're okay as long as you're being um, conscious of, of all the different uh, things to consider. Uh, what about another question here? And again, uh, today's giveaway, uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live or if you're listening in on the Podbean app, today's giveaway, if you ask a question um, on Podbean or on Facebook Live um, about a Questions for new investors. We are giving away a real estate investor dad coffee mug today. Uh, we'll mail that out to you. You send us your address. Um, so anyone who asks a question today, we'll get entered into that draw and we'll draw at the end. All right. What do we got next? <clears throat> hmm. Okay. That's another big question. Uh, how in the world do you decide the best strategy to pursue when just starting out? Uh, there are so many that 
there are so many that as a new investor, it's easy to get super conflicted and then end up trying to learn them all at the same time. And then you end up getting nowhere real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he gave an example of wholesaling, rent to own, buy and hold, burr. How in the world does one decide what strategy to pursue? Should you as a new investor only focus on one niche and perfect it? Is that the end of the question? That is the end of the question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of ended on a high note. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I have a feeling that you probably have a really great answer for this, but um, I, it's interesting because, you know, if you join any of the, you know, like real uh, real estate networks, you know, if you become a member of any of the networks that are around, um, typically it's mainly focused on long-term buy and hold. That's, you know, building long-term wealth, sit on it, wait, you know, that kind of thing. And that's where a lot of the initial training comes or, you know, when you're new into the industry, that's, you know, the first things that you hear is long-term buy and hold. And it's, that's certainly where we tried to start out. (laughs) But for a lot of new investors, especially if you're young, um, you don't have a lot of resources. You don't, you're not sitting on a big pile of cash to just go buy a bunch of properties. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's where we, we certainly ran out of money fairly quickly and that's why we started getting into the creative realm. But what I wish that we would have known back then is to start with the end in mind. Yes. Right, Wayne? Yes. (laughs) My boy, Stephen Covey. Yeah. (laughs) You can take it away from there. I just wanted to kind of. It, uh, we almost said it. I almost said it. It depends. I almost said it depends. <laughs> it depends on you. It really depends on you. All, there's all these cool, these, these cool strategies. Um, you know, you have to begin with the end of mind and what it is that you're trying to get to. And then from there, you need to determine how much that life is going to cost and how much cash flow, passive income that you want. And then you have to start from the beginning and look at what resources do I have right now? And 9.9 and a half times, 99 times out of 100, um, most people say, I want to be a real estate investor. I want to invest. But they don't have any money, Um, which is another question here, which I'll get to afterwards. But um, when you're trying to figure out what strategy, it should complement where you're going. You know, begin with the end of mind, figure out where you're going, uh, which one complements your your path the best, and which one complements the your life currently. So, you know, if you are a 20 year old who lives in your mom's basement, then you can go out and hustle for 23 hours a day and you have nothing to worry about. You are not obligated or responsible for anything. Um, for the, the single mom with three kids, different story for the don't have time on your hands (laughs) for the mom and dad. And one is a nurse who works nights and dad who works out of town and the kids are, between two and 14, different story. So you need to choose something that complements that well. If you think that um, as a 35-year-old pair of parents with three young kids, you're going to do wholesaling, yeah, you can do wholesaling. You're just not going to do it really well. Yeah, you're not going to be good at it. (laughs) Um, Same thing with rent-own. Rent-own is a business. Rent-own is not a a, a strategy that you can just like do, you know, at eight o'clock at night. No, it is a business. So you need to allocate an appropriate amount of time. So, I mean, buy and hold. If you go and read um, Real Estate Investing in Canada, the Acre System, you know, written by Don Campbell, which is is like the Real Estate Investing Bible. Yeah. Um, It's very simple. Just find a good market, you know, find one that has good stable job um, jobs with lots of growth and and a good tenant profile and and a good uh, rent to expenses like rent to to, to property ratios um, value ratios and buy a property and invest for cash flow and you know what I mean that's it's that simple um, if you want to take it to the next level because that's not good enough for you and you want to you know advance that and, and, and make it grow faster, then yes, absolutely. You can look at some of the other strategies like RTO, like flipping, like burrs, the buy, renovate, refinance, rent, refinance, repeat. Now you can look at those strategies, but um, it really needs to complement the life that you have right now. Cause everyone, oh, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I saw this guy on Wayne's podcast and you know, he does, 
whatever, you know what I mean? Or any podcast, you hear these stories about this person who made this and they put this and they put this on top of it and they had a garage suite, which had a container on that for that. And they were renting it out to some gymnastic studio. Like, yeah, some people do, you know, some really cool things. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't have to be like everyone else. You know what I mean? You don't, just because the bar set high for them, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go and do that. There's nothing wrong with starting small and learning and and then figuring out what's best for you yeah absolutely that is the, the best alternative i can use to it depends <laughs> very long drawn out <laughs> um you know what i think that what you should do is go out I, this is funny i wasn't planning on talking about this today i was planning on having a whole podcast episode about this in the future i'm just going to touch on it and maybe we'll talk about it next week but um the you talk to any real estate investing coach or any real estate investing expert. <clears throat> and what they say is that when people ask, what should I do when I get started? They all say, go hire a mentor or a coach. <clears throat> and they're right. They're right. You do need someone to guide you. But what I've learned is that just by saying that is not good enough. And most people do not go and hire a coach or a mentor out of the gate. They go and they try it out themselves they realize I can't fucking do this on my own. And then eventually everyone hires a coach for like 10 to 15. ,000. And then they tell everybody else. And then they tell everyone. Hire yeah, it's like a cycle on repeat. <laughs> so I'm, you know what, I'm getting tired of just telling people to go hire a coach. What I'm going to start telling people to do is go out and give it a shot for yourself. I did it. I was super stubborn. I refused to. I'm like, why? Why would I do that? Everything that I can find is on YouTube and on this guy's podcast. And I was wrong. Um, so go out and try things, go out and take a bunch of courses. It's dumb, but just do it. Cause you have to, it's a, it's a mandatory process for everyone. You have to realize on your own that you cannot do it on your own. And once you have that, once you come to that realization and you make that decision, then go and find the right help. It's kind of similar to like, uh, most people don't, you know, grow personally until <clears throat> they hit rock bottom. Like, you 100%. know, if life's comfortable and you're just like trucking along, doing fine, you're never really going to like do big, bad, great things because, you know, you're just comfortable. But yeah. When you hit rock bottom, it's like, wow, I need to make some big changes. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, big things happen. It's kind of the same thing with, you know, go to go try stuff, take some courses, see what's going on, and then realize like, crap. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm getting nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I get people who, who ask me to coach them as well. And I've, I've, I've coached people. And who haven't gone through that process. And it's the exact same thing. Um, they say, I want a coach. I heard I need a coach. So they, they get a coach, but they haven't gone through the process and they haven't come to that realization yet. So when I tell them what to do, they don't do it because they think that they're right because they think that they could do it themselves. So even though they're paying for a coach, they're not ready to be coached because they haven't come to that realization that they, they don't know shit and they need a little bit of guidance. And so that's why I've just come to the conclusion that when, you, when you're figuring out what best strategy to start with in the beginning, just go out and do everything. Go read every book and go listen to thousands of hours of podcasts. I think everyone needs to go through that one or two years of just trying it on their own to come to that realization. And if you, if you come out of it and, and you don't need coaching, fantastic. Um, but I'm telling you, 99% of people do um, because there's so many things that you don't know. And um, so go through the process, try some things out, take some $99 courses, go to some free webinars and, and get pitched on large pro <laughs> products and stuff <laughs> like that. Just go through the process just like everyone else. And then at the end of it, you should have a good idea of, you know, what you know, what you don't know and, who, and who's got the answer for you. Yeah. Is that a better answer for that question? Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Um, what process or program should a person have in place for doing due diligence? I know there is a few avenues to take, but I know that other investors have went through this already and have the good and the bad, maybe the ugly. Would be nice to know where people landed with this after they got efficient with it. I saw this question and I wanted to clarify, if you know, maybe you don't know, but due diligence on what? On a property, on a partner, on... Do you know? Not, no, not really. Okay. Um, I read this very briefly yesterday too. And, and to be honest, you're, you're getting, you're getting honest, um, 
responses today because we didn't read these questions ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, I was going to read them before uh, before we got started here, but uh, oh. my daughter was crying. And, and we were out until, what, nine last <clears> night <throat> at our new property with a contractor trying to figure stuff out. So, yeah, it's been like. So, took, <laughs> took the fam out for a celebratory dinner at Olive Garden. <laughs> Some endless salad and breadsticks. <laughs> they were a little, a little full and tired. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey! Uh, side note: celebrate your wins. Yes. Celebrate your wins. We took, uh, we took Everly to Toys R Us and let her buy a toy, so she understood. That's her version of a win. Our celebrating, <laughs> and then uh, took the fam out to Olive Garden for uh, a good fine meal. And On a side note, we haven't been there in a very long time, and. On a side wow. note, Olive Garden should be sponsoring me for uh, for mentioning their their fine establishment. And then I want want them. <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, um, uh, okay. So for this question, I guess we can maybe look at it on two angles. So you know, like I'm guessing that maybe it means on a property due diligence on a property. And in that case, I would say that like your due diligence comes from your team, like. Yes. Has your investment focused, I will highlight that, has your investment focused realtor found you a great property? Do they know, you know, the good areas of the of the uh, city that you're investing in? Do they know what a good cash flowing property looks like? Do they, you know, like, are they in the investment world? So that's your first, that's your first point of due yes. diligence is making sure you have the right realtor. And then that property inspection, don't skip it. The stuff that you'll find in there is very telling. So, you know, and having a good inspector who, again, is investor focused, they know that it's going to be a rental, that people are going to be coming and going and, you know, all those types of things, the wear and tear that's going to happen on the property. Where is it at right now? Even brand new, new builds. Yeah. Sometimes have the worst inspections. <laughs> so... You know, like completing that kind of due diligence on a property is so important. And I cannot stress enough how important it is when picking the right people who are investor focused. Yes. Because so many new investors come in and have their their realtor that, you know, they know, oh, my friend's a realtor or I met this this guy and yeah, he says he he owns a bunch of rental properties. That doesn't make them a good investment focused realtor just because they own rental properties. I, pr I promise you, and please hear that, just yeah. because somebody owns rental properties does not make them an investor-focused realtor. If, if <laughs> <laughs> we did it, and I hear everyone do it, like if you ask a realtor, hey, or tell a realtor, hey, I want to buy an investment property, what experience do you have? Do you own rental properties? What the fuck do you think they're going to say? Yeah, they want of your business. Of course they're going to say, they. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been doing that for years. And oh, don't worry, you're in good hands. They're going to tell you whatever you want to hear. So it's it's yeah. it's yeah, it's like screening tenants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do they give you bad references? No, they don't. Yeah. and all, and all Or they give you good references. Yeah. So I guess I was about to get off topic. So we'll, we'll keep it on. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, due diligence. It, it, I mean, like, like Gabby said, that could be just about anything, you know, for condos, we discussed, you know, doing diligence on your condos yeah. for rental properties, you know, having the right team and, and doing the, you know, having your lawyer review the RPR, having your pro home inspector review, um, you know, the, the, like look through the whole house. Sewer scopes. Uh, sewer yeah. scopes, you know, is a great one as well for due diligence. Uh, the last one I'll do is, um, due diligence or diligence on a, on a joint venture partner prospect. If you're gonna, if you're thinking about partnering with someone, make sure you do your diligence on them. Um, you can get a background credit, uh, background check, a criminal record check, uh, credit report. Those are important things. You know, you may even your friends. You you know you may have known them for a long time. Um, time to time, I hear about a friend, you know, or an acquaintance that you know had a consumer proposal. Like when the heck did that happen? So you don't, you don't really know anyone, um, all that well. So you really have to do some digging because that's some things they won't talk about. They won't talk about the debt that are in, that they're in. Yeah. They won't talk about the bad decisions they've made in the past. And those are important things for you because if you're getting into a long-term relationship with them, 10 years on average, um, you need to know what's hiding, you know, be, you know, in the closet. You need to know, you know, if our, our, they say, yeah, we're going to do this for 10 years, but then they call you up and say, hey, actually, you know, we're, 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 we're going bankrupt. And then how does that affect things? And are you still willing to proceed with them um, with that information, knowing that? So 
Um, if you take one of Barry McGuire's courses um, that includes joint ventures, so his joint venture um, uh, home study or his, uh, I guess, rapid cash program that includes it as well, I'm fairly certain that the joint venture worksheet is included in that. Or just, you know, email Barry McGuire and ask him and just see if, you know, you can buy it off him. But there's a great um, um, worksheet that you can use. To go through with your partner. To go through it with your potential partner. And it is... <clears throat> It is probably the most depressing um, part of the uh, of the process for you know finding a joint venture partner because it is like two pages of like extremely difficult questions. Yeah. You know what happens if you die? What happens if I die? What happens if you go bankrupt? What happens if you get divorced? What happens if you get divorced? Um, are you insuring each other? Have you done a background credit check on them or, or a criminal, criminal record check? Yeah. It, it goes through all the possible, what happens if this, what happens if this, what happens if this? So it lays it all out, but it's very important. And that's good diligence yeah. um, to do to make sure that you have that. So I recommend using that as well when you're doing diligence on your joint venture partner. One other thing that I will add to that, that a lot of people don't know, especially if you're new, <laughs> is that you can go down to the Court of Queen's bench and run uh, somebody's name and they'll give you a report letting you know if there's been judgments, judgments against them. And I, it doesn't give too much detail, but it'll kind of say like who they were against in the court proceedings and like kind of a little bit of outcome. And that is a great resource for not only doing on potential partnerships, but also on potential tenants. So it's like a little layer of, you know, of bubble wrap to say that, okay, there's no judgments against them. They haven't, you know, um, been taken to court for anything and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, and you just go right down and say, I want to, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but um, yeah, it's just like <laughs> running their name through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, pulling, pulling the judgments. Yeah. Um, it's like 10 or 15 bucks, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's $10. But honestly, like uh, the last time I was there to pull somebody's name, I had Everly with me. And of course, she's super cute. So the lady was, you know, chatting it up with it. And then she's just like, don't worry about it. Just take it. <laughs> so she didn't charge me for it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we have a question here on uh, on Podbean. The problem is, is that I don't know who you are, XSFYHJHVNB. Okay. So if you, yeah, if you want to be entered into the draw for the mug, uh, you got to let us know who you I gotta are. I got to know who you are. Yeah. And you can also email us uh, info at reimorningshow.com mm -hmm. or just post there who you are and for how sure. we can reach you. <laughs> um, so this person clearly hasn't uh, created an account on Podbean, which... Yeah. Um, so if you can put it in the, the comments here, or if you can just send us an email and let us know who you are, then we'll enter you in for the draw. But you're going to need to do, sorry, you're going to need to do that in the next 15 minutes because we're doing the draw here shortly. Oh, so. are we? We're doing it live. Well, depends. Depends on if we get any more questions. <laughs> uh, if we, uh, oh, we'll see. Anyways. Um, so the question for the mystery user is, what education should I have to do for the Burr strategy? Do I have to do some courses or what is the best way to learn the Burr strategy? Okay. Oh, it's Eileen. Oh, okay. It's Eileen. Okay, perfect. Um, the Burr strategy. When you are trying to figure out what to do and you've just, you know, when you've determined that this is going to be the strategy that I'm going to focus on, go take a course. It's pretty simple. What courses are there for the Burr strategy? That's a great question. I, I may know of one, but I haven't, I haven't. I can't think of any. I don't, I don't recommend courses unless I know the person who's doing them. Yeah. And I've, I've done my own research because um, it's very easy for someone to say, come on, hop onto my masterclass, you know what I mean? Or come on and check out this course because I've got a Facebook page yeah. or some group or something. So I don't recommend people unless I've actually looked through them properly. Um, but the answer is, is, you know, pick a strategy and just go take one course. Don't go take 20 courses and... So you'll probably allocate $400, $500 for a, a good course. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, yeah. where, where would you learn it? Um, well, I think the thing with the birth strategy specifically <laughs> is that you can't, you need to know some stuff. You need to know what renovations cost. Mm -hmm. You need to know uh, your market, what, you know, your after 
repair values are coming in at for a similar mm-hmm. type property in that area. You need like there's a lot of areas that you need to kind of become an expert in before you can really successfully make that strategy work well for you. Yes. So here is my answer for that. Um, I find the burst strategy to be very simple. Um, except, you know, it, it can be a little intimidating at first with the math. <clears throat> so what I'm going to do, because I don't, I don't have any recommendations is I'm going to make a note of this to cover this, uh, next week. Does that sound good? Do you want to make, you want to put a note down to, to do it sometime next week? Yeah. Um, we will do a whole one hour on the burst strategy. I'll go through the numbers. I'll tell you how to figure out you know, what to pay for it and, um, and, and, you know, how, help you figure out what it's going to be worth afterwards, what kind of budget and help you get through the math and we'll go through it. I'll give you a one hour course for free. <clears throat> Sounds good. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a, it's a late happy birthday present. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll do that. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty simple, but it's just, it's, it's the math. It's like Gabby said, you got to know what renovations cost and, and how to hire people and, um, and how to get the right appraised value afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my short answer is that I, your number one resource for something like this is going to be a realtor yeah. because this is, this is flipping. This is essentially flipping. Flip it's just yourself. with an added element of flipping it to yourself. So the, the after repaired value is the most important because that can vary yeah. significantly. Um, and it will affect yeah, how a, much money you get. Back yeah. Out. And it's a little bit of a, of a flip of a coin as well, because you know what, depending how long your renovation takes, a lot can a lot of sales can happen in the market that can change, mm-hmm. you know, the comparables that the appraiser is looking at. So the quicker you get your renovation done, if you know there's really good sold comparables for it, you know, get that renovation done and get it appraised as soon as possible because you get a couple low ones and that can change your after repair value quite dramatically. So yeah. Yeah. Getting in yeah, that's a really good point. Getting a great investor focused realtor. <laughs> To yeah. give you some good advice and run those comparables. Yes. And uh, when you're asking your realtor if they know anything about burrs, make sure of they course they're going to say yes. <laughs> so uh, I would I would recommend asking around. Ask around as well to other investors who are doing burrs, yeah. who have done burrs. And also uh, make sure that your realtor knows uh, at least pretty decently renovation costs yes. for doing the renovations. Yes. Because they'll be able to say this renovation shouldn't cost you more than this much. This is what I'm seeing. My, it's costing my other clients, you know, that sort of thing. They should have those numbers. They should be super confident in the advice that they're giving you. Yes. Um, and after that episode, if you still don't have a good solid enough answer, you want some additional help, you can always book a coaching call. Just send me a message. I'll send you my calendar to book a coaching call. I can I can rip through it in about 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, we've done lots of burrs. And I can tell you which markets and, 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 and what property types, especially if you're in Edmonton, I can tell you exactly where to go and what to look at and who to talk to. And I can have that. I can have you on 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 plan and on, on route in about thirty to forty five minutes. Um, there's there's some really good opportunities right now, especially in the Edmonton and Calgary market. Um, and we got a bunch of people watching on uh, Facebook Live today, I, awesome. and a few people have said hi. Jay just said hi. Hey, Jay. Jason Ellis. Um, so if you are watching on Facebook and 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 definitely go and download the Podbean app. I know I just can't, I hate saying this, like go download the Podbean. Well, app. we're not going to be streaming live on Facebook uh, yes. for, you know, forever. every day <laughs> forever. Yeah. It's uh, we, this is a really, really cool app, um, you know, where you can call in and, and, and it's live, which, yeah. you know, is so much cooler um, than just listening to a podcast on iTunes or Spotify, which you still can. These recordings are still accessible. You can listen to them later. But definitely, uh, you want to listen in live and ask your questions, and we're giving yeah, stuff away. Yeah, be a part away. of the conversation. Right? Oh, yeah. we are giving stuff away. And since there was only one question today, Eileen, congratulations. <laughs> well, anyone who asked questions live, that was, oh. that, was, that was the thing. They had to ask a question live, so you guys missed out. So Eileen, uh, we're going to send that, uh, that mug to you. Okay, um, congrats, so, Eileen. Uh, and and, uh, and oh, you got to turn your volume off. Can you hear me? Oh, we have a caller. Caller coming in. I was, you got to. Somebody, I got to. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. You got to turn your volume. Oh. Can you guys hear me now? 
Uh, yeah, you're going to have to go grab some headphones, buddy. Sorry. I think we're, I don't hear an echo anymore. It's whenever I talk. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, so Eileen, send us your, uh, your, your information, your address, and we'll get that mailed off to you. And uh, we'll check back in here with Emmanuel shortly. He uh, sounds like he has a question. Um, I'm going to pull him back up and see if there's still an echo. Uh, Emmanuel, is there an echo? There's no echo coming from you guys. All right. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, yeah. good. You just missed out on the draw. <laughs> <laughs> you were late by about a minute. Um, oh, man. You guys can't squeeze me in there? I'm sorry. I already gave it to Eileen. You have to call back tomorrow. <laughs> you got to call back tomorrow. Uh, you got a question, buddy? Yeah, I got a question about doing burrs <clears throat> on townhouses. I mean, mm. what kind of things should I be looking for when I'm doing a burr for a townhouse? Well, were you in earlier in the episode when we talked about uh, townhouses and condo fees? Yes, yes, I heard okay, that part. Um, I know a lot of people talk about um, townhouses being risky when you're doing burrs and flips and stuff like that. Um because of the condo fees and all that kind of stuff. But is there anything additionally that I should be looking out for? You got to find it. You got to get it at the right price and you have to do your research to find out where the after repaired value would be. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you take all of the little nuggets that we talked about today with Burr and townhouses and you piece them all together, um, there is a huge opportunity right now for Burrs and townhouses huge opportunity because of that spread that I talked about earlier, you know, getting into it for 130,000 and it's worth 200 to $220,000 afterwards. If you can find that diamond in the rough, if you can find that condominium complex that has a really great reserve, a really great condo fees and it's well managed and you can find one for in and around $130,000. Let's just do some basic math here. If you find one for $130,000 and you renovate it, and it could be in horrible condition, right? It mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter if the bathroom needs to be redone, the kitchen, the floors, the paint and everything. If you do it with rent-ready renovations, so I'm talking about just, you know, average price flooring, average kitchen, maybe you can even keep, keep the kitchen cabinets, keep some of the vanities, and just fresh coat of paint, new floor, you know, touch things up, and you know, and get it done for about $30,000, that means you're into that property for about $160,000, right? And if you refinance it at the new appraised value of $200,000, means that they'll give you a new mortgage for 80% of that. And 80% of $200,000 is $160,000. Boom. That means you get all of your initial money out, your down payment money. You get all of your renovation money out and you are now holding that property for no money. Like you have no investment in it. It's a perfect burr. So, but you know, when you're thinking about considering something like that for a townhouse, um, you need to consider, you know, the condominium. You can't just do that on a condominium that has condo fees for $450 a month. You want to find it for one that has, you know, low, low condo fees. You got to run your numbers and 450 is just an example. You got to run your numbers of what the market rents are in the area and, you know, including your new mortgage payment your condo fees, your property taxes, your insurance, um, is it going to cash flow? So you got to make sure you find one that's going to cash flow, one that has good condo fees, one that has a good condo reserve. In a good and, area. In a good area, <laughs> and it's managed well. So it is It is a little tough, but if it were easy, then everyone would be doing it. So. And Emmanuel, one thing I'd add to that is that um, also it can be super important to find a complex that has – uh, recent sold comparable within the complex so that you're not looking kind of like outside in the area. If mm -hmm. you have recent sold comparables in the complex that you've already done your due diligence on, it's a great complex, it's managed well, and then there's a really great sold comparable, that's like your your golden ticket yeah. because that's what they'll be looking at. Okay, and a, a same unit in the same complex just like sold recently for this price, that's what they're going to compare it to. <laughs> Instead of looking out to different complexes who are managed differently and who are, you know, not directly in your your area. So I think that's a really important piece for us when, you know, for the couple like flips that we're doing is that mm -hmm. there's been sold comparables within our complex recently. And yeah. it's like, okay, and they're really great complexes managed well. Mm -hmm. I'll add in one more thing. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily, even if it doesn't, you know, you don't get that appraisal that comes in at 200, but it appraises in at, you know, 180,000. 
80% of that is 145, 144, something like that. So you're, that means you're only into that deal for $15,000. Well, that's significantly better than being into it for $36,000. So if you bought that $180,000 townhouse retail just off the market, you got to put 20% down on that. So that's $36,000. But if you do the burr, add value, you're going to add some extra equity as well, some sweat equity, um, you know, forced appreciation, sorry. Um, then now you're only into it for $16,000 as yeah. opposed to thirty six. So that what that does is it increases your ROI. Because ROI is return on investment. So you can't change your return. Your return is, is fixed. You know, the, the rent that you get coming in your revenue, it doesn't change. You can't change that, but you can change your investments, which will increase your ROI. It'll almost triple it. So it's a really cool hack for really making your money work. Um, the burst strategy is, is, is a really, really cool strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, you just got to find properties, um, where it works and markets where, where it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got an additional question to that. Gabby mentioned sure. that. <clears throat> Uh, you guys were doing some flips and I've seen some of your videos and stuff like that. And sometimes there's always a risk that the appraisal doesn't come in at um, what you're looking for. So how do you save on some costs when you're doing renovations for townhouses and not end up going overboard and spending too much? How do you stay on budget? Yeah. Um, experience. <laughs> a good contractor and experience. I think there's a few things like if you have a good contractor who's confident in their numbers, they're confident in what things are costing and they can stay on budget. That's huge. So, you know, finding somebody on Kijiji and saying, let's go, not a good idea. Yeah. Um, or having a really good recommendation from somebody who's used somebody, you know, that sort of thing. But also like for us, you know, we're both Wayne and I are both full-time investors. We're at home doing our thing. So we were able to uh, very much participate in these flips. So I have been shopping around to the different stores and online for supplies and finding those best deals. So, you know, early on when we got the bulk of our materials, we were able to save a couple thousand dollars there. Of course, other things went over budget. And so, but that's a way to really keep costs down is make sure that, you know, whatever your budget is, try to get your materials as, as low as possible so that when the inevitable happens and you go over budget in other areas, you can still keep it tight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And factor in an extra 10%. Always. Yeah. Because yeah, once you start opening up walls and stuff like that, you, there's always things that you find afterwards. And if you don't account for that, then, then that'll kill it. But, uh, thank you very much for your question, Emmanuel. And, uh, yeah, try calling in tomorrow if you, uh, <laughs> you want to win something. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you guys. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Um, so we do have a, a few other questions. Um, we got a couple of minutes left here. So I'm just going to rip through them really fast so that everyone gets their answers. Um, what is the most efficient way of connecting with people to instill trust and empathy for any situation when trying to get a property under agreement for sale? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I live in a small town and initial discussions will be over the phone, which will make things more challenging for that first conversation. I'm going to save that one because that is a complicated strategy and we're talking about um, being strategic with a complicated strategy. And uh, first question, uh, my, my first thing to say is make sure you take the course on agreement for sales. Um, and once you have, and once you've got a little bit of experience, then yes, we can definitely have a, a further discussion about how to instill trust. But um, my, my short answer, and though you're not going to like this, is just be yourself. Um, if you come in there as, as a, trying to be someone else and, and trying to push them to, to do something that they don't want to do. And it, it never goes over well. Just go in there and be yourself, be empathetic and try and solve a problem. I was going to say, find out what their problem is. Find and sometimes it's is. not always a good idea to pitch an AFS on that first call. Yeah. Um, agreement for sales strategy is not about convincing people to do it because if you're trying to convince them to do it, then they probably shouldn't do it Yeah, because there's probably 10 other options that are better for them. So it's all about focusing on the win-win. So, if they have a problem that you can solve using that strategy, then offer it to them. If they don't want it, then that's entirely up to them. So it's a numbers game with the green for sales because um, there's, there's very few people, uh, sellers who would actually, it would benefit. Um, but for those that it could benefit, uh, it's, it's, it's perfect. So um, it's a numbers game. 
Uh, the last question, there's a few questions. I'm just going to read this one and then we'll finish her up. How do I build my power team and who's most important to have on board first? I think that we've uh, kind of covered this. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're buying rental properties, that number one person is your investor focused realtor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talked about birds today a lot and I have to, I have to say the second most important or equally most important is, uh, is your broker, your mortgage broker as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, we forgot about that. Um, but it is definitely, that's, you need to know that you're going to be able to get financing yes. and you need to know who you're going to get financing from. And uh, a broker is going to get you, find you the best lender for that particular deal. And also they're also going to set you up with a good plan to make sure that you get more mortgages in the future. Because don't yes. think, don't think about just the next property. I, I hate when people say that online. Uh, just think about focus on the next property. Well, no, you need to focus on everything that you're doing because if you're close-minded and small-minded about the next property, you're not planning um, your mortgage strategy out in order to make sure that you can get more. Yes. So many people get stuck at four or five properties because they can't get more mortgages. So brokers, extremely important. Tell them your plan. Um, uh, realtor, 100%. Tell them your plan as well. Uh, your lawyer. Yeah. Make sure you got a great lawyer. Inspector. Inspector. Um, accountant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, uh, that, you know, I think the accountants are the out. last ones uh, that people always think about. They're like, oh, I'll just do it myself on TurboTax. Yeah. A, don't do it yourself. <laughs> um, there's so much stuff that you can miss and that could, you know, be not to your benefit. Mm -hmm. And also don't cheap out on the accountant. Make sure that they really understand real estate investing yes. and the ins and outs of it. I mean, like, I wouldn't say that we cheaped out. We just went with somebody who was convenient when we started. Yeah. And, you know, after switching to um, somebody really experienced, we realized that, you know, there was a lot of things that we could have restructured that would have been to our benefit. Yeah. So... If, I mean, you, you can't go back and, and change that. But if you start out with somebody who really knows what they're doing, I'd say don't focus on the price take. Focus on because that's in the long run going to hurt you. You know, you'll save more money by doing it right from the get go mm -hmm. than you will by saving on that, you know, annual tax return. Yeah. Yeah. That's some great questions today. Mm -hmm. Really great questions. Thank you for everyone for uh, sending those in. Thank you for Emmanuel for calling in and Eileen, um, you know, for what? Uh, for asking your question and getting me uh, winning the free vintage real estate investor dad uh, mug. And um, yeah, so what do we got going on for us for the day? Have you looked at our calendar? Oh, I haven't. No. <laughs> <laughs> We'd say we, we, we met with the contractor last night, uh, a, a new contractor, um, because our other one bailed on us for our next flip. And uh, yeah, we, we planned out what we're going to do and we, we drew out a scope of work. Um, our other flip's going to be ending at the end of the week here and yeah. uh moving forward with we got a couple offers in for our rent to own buyer um they're going to be uh waiting on a response yeah to see uh you know what what let's get it accepted and hopefully get them into um on the path to home ownership and what day is the day thursday yeah thursday yeah i think that's about it um yeah it's we all oh, we obviously got to start now that the other flip has started, we got to start ordering all the supplies. So yeah, I have some calls to make, uh, get some people into the flip, get yeah. some trades in, get some um, quotes, and then just start ordering stuff online. Gabby's got a great spreadsheet of like all the different supplies that we buy, um, and it saves us a lot of money um, than having the contractor go out and picking everything up because they they could waste days or you know, half a day just going in every morning and then picking up a couple supplies. So a lot of times what we do is we just get a lot of stuff delivered right to our, our house or we go and make one trip over to, you know, whichever supplier and we go load up the car or the, yeah. and, uh, and we drive it over there. So great tip for, for saving a lot of money on, uh, on labor is, mm -hmm. uh, is to pick up the stuff yourself. So that's what we got going on. We're getting all the trades all set up and then uh, uh, see what kind of fires we can find uh, when we open up our email this morning. <laughs> oh, we have a tenant moving out tomorrow too. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow because um, we had a tenant uh, who's been with us for how long has she been with us? I think almost five years. Five years. Like one of one of our best tenants. And um, yeah, she just re-signed for a new lease 
in August. August. And then about three or four weeks later, she, uh, she sent us an email saying that she needed to move. Yeah. And so, uh, we, we, We'll talk, we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about our thought process on that and how we dealt with that. <laughs> a lot um, of people, because that's a lot of questions come up surrounding that, what to do when mm-hmm. somebody needs to break a lease. So if that, if you have questions about that, feel free to send us an email at info at reimorningshow.com or send us a DM on whichever social platform or call in tomorrow and, and uh, we'll go over so that. So is that our topic tomorrow? That's our topic tomorrow. Okay. For tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. we, we have a lot of topic ideas but sometimes it just goes with the flow and i think yeah. it's much better for us to talk about what we have going on mm-hmm. and what's real than just you know talking about general topics for sure and uh and yeah and then next week we also agreed that we're going to talk about the burr strategy so tune in for next week as well um i'm going to give a full burr course <laughs> <laughs> crash course okay well thank you so much everyone for listening and we will see you tomorrow have a great day thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.